welcome back, Literary Slammers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware and Mamma Mia, Lauren's back again. <laughs> my, my, Tobias is conflicted. I'm Anna. <laughs> How did she forget you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Em. Uh, this week on Shelf Aware, it's, it's, we're talking about Animorphs, baby. We're talking about Animorphs number 49, The Diversion. It's a Tobias yes. POV. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We love we love a Tobias POV. Love a Tobias this POV. This one was stellar. I loved it. A-plus work. Very good. Five stars. Absolutely. Uh, was, who was the who's the ghostwriter for this one? Uh, I want to say the Kim the Kim person, but I couldn't Kim, me, tell you off the top of my head. Quick. Uh no, it's Lisa Harkrader. Lisa. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She must have done the second book. Um, what did, what else did she write? She wrote uh number forty four, which is forty four. Ooh, the the Cassie the kangaroo, kangaroo one. one. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And then this one. And, and then, then this one. And then an up. upcoming book. Yes. Well, this one was definitely stronger than Cassie Kangaroo. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think Tobias is definitely like has much more compelling things going on at this mm-hmm. point because to me okay well, we don't need to talk about this because we're not talking about the cassie book we read we, we as always we read and record in chunks we did read a cassie book also in this section of recording yeah you'll hear about it in a couple weeks and i'll tell you more about my thoughts about cassie's whole plot line then <laughs> it is that you know what you know we'll what? Talk yeah, about we'll it then. save we'll it. Talk about it then. Um, yes, <laughs> but I think that that Tobias, as you say, still has uh, stuff going on that's interesting. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, points to Anna and M for knowing Lauren was going to be making a comeback. Uh, negative points for us for thinking that she was going to come back and be like, "I've been fighting." This might have just been me, but I've been no, fighting. I, I think we both did. Yeah. yeah, like we thought she was going to be like secretly having been fighting the aliens the whole or time. Or at least looking for the Andalites. Yeah, doing something cool. But now it turns out she has a very convenient um, uh, amnesia. Amnesia. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Amnesia that I think personally, this is a little bit of serious theories. Elma's done goofed when he removed her memories mm. of Elfangor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't sep- – you love him so much. I can't separate your your memories of him from the rest of your memories. So, whoop, you just don't remember anything. Even how to brush your teeth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very confused about the timeline of this, right? Mm-hmm. So she he says that he had a stepfather who mm. he thought was his real father who died, right? We don't like that's mm-hmm. in this book. That's not like stuff that's been retconned from other books. Right. Um in this book he's like he died in the accident or I just... guess he died in the accident, yeah. but also like I thought the accident was like caused or like around the time that Elf like Elfangor left before she had the baby, right? Um I can't I, remember. Yeah, I think I think he did. Like he knew I think he knew that she was she pregnant. Was gonna... Right. Yes, and then he had to he had to leave. So perhaps in that time, Lauren did remarry. She knew her. She knew that her baby had blonde hair. Yeah, and, so, and that and, he had a name. But that's all she knows about him. So yeah, I mean, and I think, not. but I think that he was like he was not a newborn when she left. Yes, correct. Um, so that there had to have been at least like a few so maybe, years there. Yeah, that maybe she I guess didn't. 
Yeah, so was it just like a completely unrelated accident that caused that this? That seems really sus. Like It seems incredibly sus. It maybe maybe it does explain more in the Elemis Chronicles cuz that was mm. like written before this book, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. or published before, I don't know, whatever. Um so maybe there is like some stuff in there where Elmas is like then I had to go back and do it again cuz it wasn't sticking. <laughs> you know, like she kept fucking remembering her husband that she loves so much. Uh just had to try and kill her. She still isn't dead. <laughs> yeah, it's not super clear not exactly clear. what Lauren's deal is. What if the Elemist was his stepdad? <laughs> yes. That's that's it. That's what happened. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into the book, I guess, cuz we're kind of sure. we kind of Danced around, you know, Lauren's in this one. Um, mm-hmm. That's the big reveal for this one. Yeah, but how do we get to that point? Let's get into it. All right. So, Tobias POV. A lot of this book, um, I feel like, because, again, we are in this final arc of the Animorphs, we get a lot of recapping about the situation mm-hmm. in general, especially, obviously, Tobias's. This is a Tobias POV. So we have to go over all of his, like, his feelings. But I'm part bird, part boy, but which one is dominant? Like, I've forgotten how months work, but... I still remember how Big Macs taste. Ooh, I ate a mouse. Ooh, I ate a burger. Like, yeah. So. I think that, like, it's this whole, these last few books here, like you said, you mm-hmm. know, we're getting into the end game, and mm-hmm. plot has suddenly become relevant. I think that's kind of yes. the thing with a lot of the middle books. It's like, you know stuff is going to happen that isn't really going to affect the overall plot, and now mm-hmm. suddenly it is, so we have to, like, be aware of what that plot is. Yes, yes, those so things we, that we talked about. And especially, like, with Lauren, because she was, this was, her story's been in the side series, mm-hmm. the side, what do you call that? Um, uh, companion novels? Thank you, yes. The, the side series. <laughs> side series. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> he even brings it up, it, it comes up in the book in which he is almost adopted by Visser 3 wild um mm-hmm. yeah but aside from that yeah like Lauren isn't really I don't even know if they say her name in that one or not um but mm-hmm. that's where we get in the main series the the story of you know oh your dad's an alien <laughs> your dad is Elfangor by the way weird um, <laughs> but a human version of him so Unfortunately, you do not have a tail. Yeah, no alien DNA. Yeah. Um. So that's all. That, that's like a lot of this book, but there is like a lot of plot too. So I was kind of I I was impressed with the pacing of this book because I thought it balanced both like the emotional stuff going on that Tobias has had going on since his very first POV, um, and also the new plot. Yeah. I also so, did just have the thought of like uh-huh. if this book series took place you know a couple decades in the future um mm-hmm. what would happen if tobias did a 23 and me before he knew about the elfangor stuff oh my god and like, like, i'm sorry can you send us another sample this one is not no because what would happen would be it would just come back that his like his family would be that guy's family who elfangor morphed like oh that's true <laughs> He would be, I can't remember if Elfangor made a new human from like various DNA or if it was just the one dude's DNA, but either way, it would be like, Tobias would be like, you're related to these people. And they'd be like, dad, who did you fuck? What is happening? (laughs) Or, I mean, according to the rules of this book, they'll be like, why, why is there a skunk in your DNA? Like, why is there? (laughs) I was, I was kind of supposing if, if he did that pre, uh, yeah, yeah. Pre-morphing. Morphing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He just wanted to find where his parents were. Yeah. Yeah. 
but let's get into that the the uh blood of this oh my gosh yeah so the first like plot thing that happens after all of tobias's like four chapters of introspection they're having a meeting in the barn Cassie reports that some men have broken into her mother's vet office looking for blood samples of the Bandalites' battle morphs specifically. Like, mm. we need blood samples of gorillas, tigers, everything. Lions, bears, oh my. Oh my. Um, and Jake is like, oh, that's so weird because Tom has also told me that the Yerks are hosting a blood drive, which we know the Yerks are not charitable, so what's going on? They come to the conclusion the Yerks are going through human blood samples and trying to compare that to animal DNA, blood blood samples, science, um, because apparently they've realized that the Bandalites may actually be human. I want to know how they found this out. I guess maybe Visser 1 was finally like, fine. Fine. <laughs> I give up not, my fantasy. Maybe they're Six not sexy Andalites. Stunningly attractive Andalite warriors. <laughs> Here's my question. So at first the, Andal- the Bandalites think that they're trying to get this human DNA to find examples uh, like to figure out who like which blood has lion in it right yes Uh uh-huh but then as it goes on we find out that they are they already have the andalite dna right or that they already have the the bandalite dna that they have yes because they've been leaving blood everywhere everything right yeah so they've got their dna on file already and spoiler alert it matches with lauren's and that's how they figure it out so how fucking stupid are the Yerks that they didn't test the controllers who already are under their control because they're controllers? Because if they did, they would have figured out that fucking Jake, who is Tom's brother, is a fucking antelope. a tiger. Like, hello, hello. No, what here's what makes it even worse is they have Tom's DNA on file because yes. that's how they get into the fucking year pools at McDonald's. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they don't, <laughs> they don't, what are we, guys? They already reference. have a history of, of fully mapping out the DNA of all of their controllers. They didn't think to do that with the copious blood samples that they have found I in just... Yerk facilities, uh, let alone everywhere out in public that they've been fighting. Like This is this is very are, simple. Visser one. You're Visser three minus two. Uh, well and also Visser one. They and had her blood one. too. So yeah. like hey They could have just been like, ooh. Oh yeah. That's what's up. I just it's <laughs> It's very upsetting to see Uh, them fail so much. Yes. (laughs) At every, at every possible, like, they're like, Jake's like, we can never win this war. We're just kids. We don't know what we're doing. You're not winning the war. It's just, there's so much incompetence at the higher levels of your, (laughs) uh, levels the viscers the viscers they're bad they, like, they don't know how to think good <laughs> it's like we cannot win this war we're so young and inexperienced and i'm like baby young. i got good news for you <laughs> you're fighting viscer three minus two and they he's, are he's winning this war for you <laughs> i have to believe the oh, alamist is somehow God. involved somewhere in somewhere in the the debate with Cryak, they were like okay we got to set down the ground rules for this whatever uh-huh. this competition is number one the yerks just take away any sort of logical processing that they had because <laughs> that's they're fighting kids we gotta level it somehow like- exactly <laughs> i just imagine like <laughs> 
anytime a, a year because like well we could look at the dna the lms he's like in his kitchen like listening to their conversations on his wireless radio and he's got like his feet kicked up on his t- on the kitchen table and he's drinking coffee and he hears dna he's like oh shit and he spills his coffee everywhere and he has to go down to earth to like reverse time to make the years never think about dna ever again uh, until they do and then until they, don't they do about it good because the, the lms is like oh oh well, if I knew this is the direction you were going to go with it the whole fine. time, I this would have just fine. let you. <laughs> I just, how? How are they? <laughs> it's remarkable. Um, Axe and Marco do some just like casual hacking of every hospital and blood database that they, they can find. And they discover some suspicious activity surrounding a lab testing facility. It has like super heightened security compared to everything else they've tried to hack into. So like, mm, must be the Yerks. Um, legit. Yeah. And the bandalites are like, all right, well, let's just break in and fuck shit up like we normally do. Sounds good. The plan involves Rachel pretending to be an elephant from a conveniently timed traveling circus. And she's going to escape circus in this series because there was that. Wasn't there a circus in one of the books where Cassie uh, was mad at them being mean to the elephants? Um, um there was like the Wayne Forest a- Cafe situation. I, there was one where they went to like a Tiger King thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um so she she's gonna pretend to be an escaped elephant and she's just gonna destroy the entrance to this lab facility to create their way in. And don't worry because the rest of the Vandalites get to become flies and zoom in behind Rachel. Um they do that. Axe is like we have to destroy some control panel in order to deactivate the bio testing or some technology bullshit. And they get in. This place is crawling with controllers. So they morph into Hork Bajir to try and blend in. Finally. Finally they morph. They they morph into Hork Bajir mm-hmm. and they have this bizarre moment where Marco demorphs and they're like, Cool new morphing suit, Marco. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's blue. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that blue. It looks familiar. Like the blue armbands, that Visser 3 minus 2's special hork like extra good hork unit wear. Is this a thing we've ever heard about before? I think it was briefly mentioned in the book where the where they had the attack, the hork the free hork were attacked in their home. Okay, okay. But I couldn't remember. I thought it was like that was what the free Hork Bajir wore as like, you know, a symbol of freedom. Yeah, no, apparently. So I was I was confused. I was I was like, I can't tell if this is a thing that I've glossed over and never picked up on. It was not a huge plot point regardless of when it was mentioned and how. It was not a big deal. (laughs) But the way it was inserted into this book where they're like, oh, yes, of course. The blue bands, the blue band Hork Bajir, the blue band Bajir, naturally. The blue band Hork Bajir that we have difficulty fighting all the time. That are always our primary enemies because I'm like, what are you, what, am I reading the wrong book? Like, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but apparently also, you know, props to the Animorphs for apparently never having that thought before if this is a thing that they're encountering all the time, that they can just be Hork Bajir and put a blue colored armband on fit right in and that's good and fun it's not even an official it's just a scrap of t-shirt so it's mm -hmm. visitor three minus two once again you really gotta up your game man make it like make it a make it an alien technology 
just do a DNA scan like you do for everything else. What? (laughs) (laughs) Or if you see six hork vigia that look exactly the same all walking around be like oh something's not right about that something's not cool there that's sus (laughs) and yet the hork vigia themselves are like everything checks out my dudes (laughs) i mean i guess you could maybe maybe justify that as like the yerks because they're yerks like it's the same you know if you are a member of a species you pick up on differences in that species more easily than you know um there's there's been tests on that right uh, and like, so maybe Yerks wouldn't recognize differences among hork and then the hork that they're controlling Kept certainly quiet wouldn't, about it. yeah, certainly wouldn't share, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, look, look, there goes six copies of Steve again. What's going on? <laughs> oh, oh, well, we certainly don't want to speak up because if we do, Visser 3 minus 2 is probably just going to kill us, so. Exactly. He's going to kill you either way, guys. He's I hate just, to break it to I, you. This or three minus two is not great at instilling morale in his group. He's really not. Uh, <laughs> I will give you these special blue bands, and that will mark you as my very good boys. Okay? <laughs> my special boy bands. Is that, does that mean you're not going to kill us if we mess up? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. No, I will kill you first, actually, is the thing. <laughs> uh, so the the Vandalites are in. They've arrived just in time because the year computers have found a partial DNA match. And guess who it is? It, it's the not Tom. Mommy. It's not Tom. It's not Tom who they should have like. Okay, whatever. As, he's a high ranking year. Maybe that's why he's like so high ranking. They're like, we can't possibly scan his DNA because that is a violation of his privacy. But uh, I don't think that the Yerks have HIPAA, but I could be wrong. Who's to say? They... <laughs> um it's lauren 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 tobias's mom omg tobias sees the address of his mother and he's like the fuck that is like three blocks away from where i grew up with my abusive uncle this bitch walked past my house every day (laughs) and um I already said that they realized they've been leaving their blood behind. Um, so at this point they're like, okay, well now I guess they might be able to identify all of our families. Um, let's, let's kill the computers. And Axe is like, please, I need, I need time to do the technology. Um, and then a bunch of hork controllers enter the room and they have to fight, 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 fight. And they leave behind so much blood. Well, you know, the blood's at this point, already, like, yeah, don't the blood's cry over spilled spilled. blood, right? Like, that is how the saying goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the only re- they they fight forever, but the only reason they're able to escape is because Rachel, as a grizzly bear, drives a forklift through the building. Yep, which, sure. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, she, she th- there was another incident where she used her grizzly bear talon to like start a car. So this yeah. has precedent. I and mean. she does later in this book actually get into the car as a grizzly bear once again. <laughs> Do the authors know how big bears are compared no. to cars or gorillas even? Certainly uh, not. <laughs> so the band lights leave. They are unable to erase the computers, unfortunately, but they get away. Uh, the, well, kind of. Well, the Yerks, the Yerks at this point of the series are now like, fuck it, we're out in the open. So they did chase after the band lights for a while with dragon beams and helicopters and shit, but the band lights are able to lose them, so it's fine. Um, 
And they meet back up at the barn and they're like, we need, we have to evacuate the parents much like we did with Marco's parents. Jake is like, Hey, let's take a night to sleep on it. Uh, think about how we want to do this. We'll reconvene in the morning as early as possible. And that really comes back to bite him in the ass. But what can you do? Uh, Rachel says, Hey, Tobias, come spend the night at my place. You shouldn't be alone tonight. And Tobias is like, nah. And <laughs> he goes, so flies over to check in on his mom. The place Lauren lives, it's like, it's a very impoverished part of town. And uh, Tobias is very surprised by this. And he's also surprised to find his mother is blind. And she has a guide dog named Champ, which, as you can probably tell, an animal, the Bandalites will become That's, this animal you know, at some point. Yes. Chekhov's <laughs> Champ, of course. <laughs> Chekhov's guide dog. Um, Tobias follows his mother to a church where she's volunteering at a crisis center very very kind and nice person Tobias is real salty about it he's like if she's nice <laughs> enough to talk to strangers on the phone about their crises then how come she's not nice enough to be my mom uh, <laughs> and then and then in Tobias's own words he just morphs into a fly and then just chills for so long that he's almost afraid he's become a fly noplet <laughs> just me dissociating as a fly don't worry yeah. <laughs> in the bell tower of a church just don't worry about me. It's the fucking bells of Notre Dame playing in the background. <laughs> oh. uh, the next day arrives, and with the help of the Chi, the Bandalites pick up Cassie and Rachel's parents. Um, I don't, there's not like a lot to say about this. Like Cassie, she's she's my parents are scientists, so this should be easy, but it's not. They're boomers. And then they go to pick up Rachel's parents. And Rachel's like, we're just going to do this aggressively because I know my mom's a boomer. (laughs) So they, they talk, they talk Cassie's parents into it. And Rachel's parents, Rachel's mom and sisters have to be kidnapped by a grizzly bear and gorilla. Um, (laughs) At no point is Rachel really trying to explain stuff. She's just like, get in the fucking car. We're not Get in the fucking car. I'm going to eat you. (laughs) Okay, Rachel. (laughs) <laughs> you know it it was effective yeah and well and and reading more about rachel's mother i'm like yeah no i see where mm-hmm. rachel gets it it's mm-hmm. <laughs> she comes mm-hmm. by it honestly um they then go over to jake's house to grab jake's family including tom jake's like yeah we'll get we'll get tom we need to save tom we'll just tie him up for three days and it'll be totally fine um they discover Which, like, that the the plan is to tie them up somewhere not in the hork headquarters, right? Because they're like, we're going to hide I would for- hope. Yeah, they say, they're like, we're going to do this for three days and then we'll take him because we don't want him to expose the others, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So where was that going to be? Where were you going to do that? Was that going to be like an Axis scoop? Like, what was the plan there? Because I don't know why they couldn't have taken them all to the Chi basement, but well, that's a conversation for the next book, I guess. Yeah, I guess... <laughs> This, took this, to all ch- of this parent snatching has deep ramifications yeah. for the next book. I mean, which I'm a fan it of because plot, yeah. you know, yay, we're yeah. having it. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah. And it doesn't involve like absurdly tiny alien races or yes. alien toilets or <laughs> kangaroos. <laughs> <Ugh>. uh, <laughs> they, they drive over to Jake's house and uh, Jake 
poor Jake. He's like, he's packed up. He's like, they all just went out to go buy dad a lawnmower. They'll be back any minute. And Jake like packs up all their stuff and suitcases, has them in the garage. He's chilling in the driveway. Daddy just went to the corner store to buy a pack of lawnmowers. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon, I promise. He's in the driveway playing basketball. And the others are like, Jake, we should go. And Jake's like, no, they'll be here. They, You don't know what dad's like. He loves lawnmowers, okay? He's just deliberating. <laughs> And then Jake's parents roll up and start shooting at him. So he's like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I've miscalculated somewhere. Uh, This is the beginning of a little bit diving into Darth Jake. A little bit. Definitely seeing some uh, Mm -hmm. hardening of Jake's heart, I think. Absolutely. so they there's some fighting jake does this he does this cool thing i will give jake props for this he does this cool thing where he like demorphs in front of his year parents and they're like no jake don't you're gonna give yourself away and he's like no this is for my parents because my real parents i want them to see me being one of the bandalites and having having hope that i will come back for them and i was like that's sweet that's also nice. give yourself away like they clearly know what's up at they this clearly point. know yeah like who cares having morphing technology makes you invincible because even if like your arm gets shot off it's fine because you can just turn into a slug and pop back as a human fully formed it's totally fine yeah so and then and then jake um he takes this extremely hard blames himself it's like i should we should have just done this immediately i don't know why i told everybody wait whatever he and then he like pulls a third book in the series tobias where he turns into a bird and like just does a depression flight through the city and it's very sad Tobias is like, well, I did this already 50 books ago. Papa I don't Roach's have time for you right now, Jake. Plays underneath. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, so Tobias flies off by himself to go and try and save his mom. Um, so he flies to Lauren's house, hears and sees some Yerk spies that are keeping an eye on his mom. Um, and as he's telling, tailing his mom, he gets a thought speech message uh-huh, from tailing. Marco and Axe. Huh? Red hawk tailing. Uh, red tailing hawk. Yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> he gets a he gets that thought speech message from Marco and Axe. They're like, you got to use the dog to get your mom. Device is like, OMG, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and Marco and Axe are like, Prince Jake sent us to give you help because uh, I didn't think you could do this on your own, I guess. He's he's like reeling from the fact that his entire family is now Yerks, but he still was like, no, Tobias can't do this. You guys got to go help him. <laughs> I would go myself, but I'm sad. But you I'm, guys go. I'm too busy listening to my immortal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they continue to follow Lauren to a 7-Eleven because she lives in a food desert and that's where she buys her groceries. And then they like, they bully this blind woman. This was a, (laughs) this was awful. Yes. Uh, and they steal her guide dog. Like the, the, think of this. Okay. We're reading. Yes. We understand why the children are doing this, but pretend you're the cashier at the 7-Eleven and you see these three children in spandex, no shoes, walk into a 7-Eleven. One of them loudly is like, I'm a delinquent. I'm here to bully you. And he like starts moving things around on the shelf to positions they're not normally in, which we've seen Lauren. She's like counting the aisles and the shelves and stuff to figure out where stuff is. 
they t- they take her guide dog. You don't know if they're going to come back. They just take this dog. <laughs> they also and she take her shopping there. at one point, which Tobias does specifically because she picked up expired milk. And he's like, oh, no, yeah. no, mother, I must protect you. But like from a cashier's perspective, they just like take her shopping bag. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. Lauren doesn't say a word, even when even when her dog is taken. This is kind of fucked up, but very weird, very weird response from Lauren. Yes, the the three of them take the dog. Tobias acquires the dog, morphs, and then just like goes and takes Champ's place. And Lauren is like, "Oh, I knew you'd be back soon, dog." And she's like hugging and kissing on the dog. And Tobias is like, "This is weird. Um, jealous of this dog." <laughs> Uh, but I'm very happy to finally be hugged and kissed by my own mother. Yikes. Oh, baby Yikes. boy. <laughs> oh, truly the amount of neglect that Tobias Poor has experienced Tobias. in this book series. And and the crime the crime committed by the fact that he's not the leader and main character. Like <laughs> he's just some dude. Who hangs out as a hawk. He's their eye in the sky, often like neglected. They don't even care that if he's eating roadkill or whatever. It's just like. There is kind of some part in the early recap chapters of this book where like Rachel brings him some food and he's kind of like annoyed almost that Rachel feels like he has to provide for him. So perhaps there's a little bit of pushback from Tobias himself when his friends Mm -hmm. try to reach out to help that we aren't really like necessarily seeing a ton of in the series um perhaps but you know still happen on the page then yeah and also like even if you're even if your 13 year old hawk boyfriend is like no i don't need your help he does he does you need to you need to push through on that you need to and what's he gonna do like not eat the okay anyway you can pick him up and carry him around like i don't know if that should be (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, if he's like, no, just leave me out here in the rain, she'd be like, actually, and then just put him inside the house. I don't I don't know that taking away his bodily autonomy is the right call. He's a uh, hawk. Okay. <laughs> he has no rights. Okay. He does. Tobias, we love you, Tobias. Uh, this is the fact that he's had to suffer through so much. And then, like, just, like, full on whatever. I was thinking about that, the the alternate universe book where he like is the first one to get yerked. Yeah. <laughs> like upsetting. Um he spends the night at Lauren's house as the dog. He goes and he morphs and demorphs in the bathtub and like wraps himself in the shower curtain just in case the yerks can see him doing it. But I would think like if the yerks every two hours notice a dog getting in and out of the bathtub and wrapping itself up in the shower curtain would also be fucking suspicious as hell, but <laughs> You do, no, you it's device. fine. <laughs> Yerks don't know what dogs are. It's fine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, he he wants to basically snoop around, see if any Yerk stuff is going on, like if she's left any incriminating evidence. Um, he doesn't find any evidence of Yerk stuff, but he does find some old legal and medical documents that basically tell Tobias his mother had an accident when Tobias was a very small child. It gave her amnesia, so she doesn't even remember him. And that explains why he was raised by his relatives. And also blinded her, which... Also blinded her, yes. What was this accident? (laughs) Like, I am curious to know. A car ran specifically into her face and head. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We don't get a lot of detail. It's just, it was an accident. 
Which makes okay. me think it was some LMS shenanigans. LMS shenanigans. He fucked up. I mean, he, this might be, maybe this is some like Harry Potter bullshit. Like he had to suffer so that he didn't like, <laughs> he didn't have a big head and he, he had to be bullied so that he could become the hawk boy so that he can save the world situation, which is gross and upsetting. Gross and upsetting. Yes. Um, the next morning Tobias assumes his, his human morph and is like, hi Lauren, it's me, your son. And Lauren's like, oh, boy, I was wondering when you'd try to track me down. I had amnesia. I don't (laughs) remember you. (laughs) Um, But she does explain her amnesia was like not so much like amnesia as it just is very severe brain damage. Like she could not even remember how to do things like brush her teeth or how to eat or how to what clothes were or her sister's name. Like things that like just everything. basically was starting out brand new as a human from the sound of it which again yeah right what is this injury what was this accident um Tobias then explains the whole yerk situation to her which she buys because she's like I've had dreams of aliens and Tobias like perfectly describes the aliens in her dreams to her and so I also do question Okay, so the amnesia stuff, it's like, she's like, I couldn't have raised you because I was trying to, I didn't know how to be a people, and Mm -hmm. what sort of mother would I have been? And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but, like, obviously you do know how to be a people now, so sometime in the last, like, 10 years or whatever, even if you don't remember the kid. You should go back. You should reach out to him, maybe, and just see if he's, like, alive. I don't... eh. If this is your fucking sister, go to your sister's house and be like, I just want... Introduce me as a friend. I just want to see how he's doing. She does say... Sorry, this... I did bring this up, and now I did just Mm. remember. She does say, like, oh, the hospital didn't have records of, like, where my sister lived or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. bullshit. Yeah, that's real wild that you had a child and had to sign over rights of that child because and the hospital wouldn't be able and to the, tell you nobody would have her. any record of that. Yeah, that's really yeah. wild. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. They had know. to be contacting somebody. Like they have to have her information as an emergency contact. Like right. So okay, okay. Sure, that's, Lauren. That seems like either. There were some element shenanigans here, or that's kind of bullshit. That's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tobias says, hey, we gotta, you gotta stay in this house for two days. You cannot leave at all for anything. We're gonna keep an eye on you. We wanna make sure you're not yerked, and we'll come back and rescue you in two days if you pass our vibe check. Mm. And Lauren's like, okay, I will. And she's not a controller. Cool. They, they do come back in two days. So the rescue plan involves Lauren on that on that day, the third day of not going to a Kindrona pool, walking to the park and going into a tunnel with her guide dog. And then they do a big old switcheroo where Tobias becomes champ. And Lauren leaves the tunnel just as just as soon as the year we're trying. We're starting to get suspicious and we're going to go check on her in this tunnel, I guess. Uh, and then they they go back. Tobias has brought with him the morphing cube and gives his mother the ability to morph. And then he turns into the red-tailed hawk and he's like, acquire me. And the plan is for them to fly away together. And this mostly works. Uh, They do turn into hawks and they do fly away. But because the Yerks were expecting all of this, they blow up her house. And again, with the dragon beams and helicopters all over shooting and fighting. They... I. 
What are the real world ramifications of this, though? Did you get this weird moment after the elephant thing where they do bother to say, like, hmm, we saw it on the news. Turns out the circus got in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. What? That was the takeaway? Okay. Just the circus got in trouble? Just for- the circus okay. got in trouble. So, okay. 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 Um, so there is still some. I, I mean, I'm assuming the Yerks in the media are maybe covering mm-hmm. stuff up. But, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I was, because <laughs> we get mentioned in the previous Lisa ghostwritten book, the the Australia one, of, like, there is a portion of the government who's like, what is this alien stuff? So someone somewhere in the government is not yerked and is a little sus. Suspicious. Thank you for <laughs> finishing the word. I was like, no, they're not sus. They are suspicious. Those are two different <laughs> meanings, I think. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Where did that go? Anyway. I mean, I got, you know, maybe it's all building up to something. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. Maybe us in about four more books. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> uh, Lauren dives in the way of a dragon beam at one point to save Tobias's life. And he's like, oh my God, such good parenting. <laughs> she loves me. Okay, now... <laughs> to give him some There's precedence. Yeah, there's, in each of the recruiting of the parents thing, the parents Except Jake's. Except for Jake's, because, you know, he got shot at by his parents. Opposite. But for the other two, their parents tried to jump in between the person morphing and their child, because they're like, oh, danger, must protect the kid. So Mm -hmm. Tobias is like, my mom wouldn't even do that. And then, like, she does. But also, like, why yeah. did she? Because, like... Also, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this she's just such a good a person. Stranger. Yeah. She also... she There's this, like, scene where Tobias is like, you just got to demorph Lauren and you're going to be fine. You can't die here. And she's like, I don't want to demorph. I'm afraid because I, I won't have my vision. I'll be blind again. And Tobias is like, no... You, you it'll be fixed you'll be fine but she kind of like doesn't believe him so it takes some convincing to get her to morph back into human and once she does she's like oh i can see this is amazing um but yeah I was like, everything's coming up lauren yeah lauren everything's brand new back to back to how you were except your memories everyone escapes back to the new hork bajir camp we also learn that rachel's mom is writing a constitution for the hork bajir and is teaching them how to read and that the other parents are doing good because the hork like them because they like animals. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, <laughs> this directly leads into what happens on the next book. But, yeah. So, the, everybody's just hanging out at the new secret hork camp that is not where the previous one was, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> I was like, why are they all back here? Everyone's going to be know where they are. And then I was like, oh, yeah. No, they had to go somewhere. It's here. (laughs) Yeah. I like how in that book they were like, well, we have to retreat for the rest of the war, so you probably won't hear from us until it's over. And then now it's like, actually, we're all roommates. (laughs) (laughs) We all just live together. There's kind of a thing at the beginning of this book where they're like, Marco hangs out at the Hork-Bajir camp with his parents, Mm -hmm. except when it's time to fight, because then we have to be in the city, so he comes and stays at Axis Scoop. And it's like, okay, well, now we all just stay in the Hork-Bajir camp. I'm like, okay, cool. I, what about I guess access scoop. Why? Why any of this? Why? Yeah. Uh, cool. I don't know. This is, that was this book. This book was really good, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Mm. All right. <laughs> Who is your most valuable more? Mm, my most valuable more. Mm, 
I was going to say Tobias, but then I was like, maybe Lauren. <laughs> she oh. did save Tobias's life and he's our boy. That's true. So maybe Lauren. I'm going to give it to Rachel because I think that she did a lot. was yeah. a very supportive girlfriend in this book, which we don't usually get to see Rachel being the supportive one, I feel like. Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's kind of, uh, I mean, a little bit in Tobias POVs, we see it a little bit, but, you know, she has the ex- this tough exterior. We don't get to see her be like... We don't get to see soft Rachel. Soft Rachel, yeah. And I think that this was an, a nice um, time for Rachel to be like, hey, I'm here when you need me. And there wasn't like a ton of relationship drama or anything like that. It was just kind of like nice a and chill. Presence. Yeah. yeah, which is very different from another Jake relationship and Cassie. we'll see soon. <laughs> yeah. I, I also forgot to mention, so at, the end, at the end of this book, Tobias is like, maybe I'll just hang out as a human more often for two hours at a time and try it out. And I'd be like, that's kind of like, Rachel, you could... You could do that for Rachel, too. (laughs) Okay. No, it's fine. I get it. It's your mom. You want to get to know her. Could have been doing this the whole time with Rachel, though. (laughs) Here's how I would psychoanalyze this, right? Uh Uh-huh. He didn't do it for Rachel because in his mind... Rachel likes Hawkboy him. Yes. Right? Yeah. But that's she who, only like, noticed him after he was yes. Hawkboy. So like why would he want to go back to being Tobias, the weak, the weak human, right? Like yeah. she's not gonna be impressed by that. But he wants to be the weak human with his mom because he wants to feel vulnerable and taken care of with yes. his mom. I'm so. glad that he's not trying to make Rachel his mom girlfriend. Yeah, I think that would be That is nice. Upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I hope that they come back to that conversation, though. Probably we will not have time for that. I don't know how the how the books are going to land for the next, like, few POVs. Like, you know, we have to have a Jake one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last one is probably multi-POV, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it's, I don't think it's a short Marco one, so maybe it's not. It's short? Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, I th- I mean, not, like, shorter than normal, but it's not, like, a Megamorph's length is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we haven't had a Marco. We'll probably have a Marco and an Axe and a Jake. Mm, and then a Jake. And then I guess maybe one for all of them because I think yeah. that's it. Cause... Yeah, there's just – we've got the Cassie one next and then mm-hmm. that's 50. So we've got one, two, three, four. So yeah. if the fourth one is multi, then it would be, yeah, Jake, Axe, and Marco, I think. Yeah. Because we know we've already done Rachel. And this is probably Tobias's last one. And next one's probably Cassie's last one. Would be my mm-hmm. thought, but who knows? If we can have another Cassie after this, I'll be living. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it, the only other way it could go would be if the last one is just a Jake POV because if that makes sense. if the last if one is a single one. right if the last one is a single POV it will be Jake. So if that's the case, then we'll have an Axe and Marco, and then either a Tobias or Cassie. So I would assume it would actually be Tobias, not Cassie, because Cassie the gets whole. number fifty. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And like we said, Cassie's Cassie's story is like it's never been anything. Yeah, it was worthwhile when that sounds really mean, but it was like there was stuff there. I feel like when we had time for kind of like what are the philosoph- mm-hmm. philosophical implications, right? Yes. Um, but now that the plot is moving, it's like you need girl, to land on a side and stick. You with gotta it just go. You yeah. just gotta, you just, gotta go. just be with. Yeah. <sighs> So series theories then, what do you think is going to happen in the last five books plus Elemis Chronicles? Well, I think we're going to get probably a Jake, uh, Marco, and an Axe POV. And then maybe like the last one is just going to be multi POV. Yeah, I like that. Like- That's a good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if I really have too many series theories from this one. I feel like, you know, we're kind of actually in the point now where 
we're wrapping up series theories where yeah. we're seeing if they have become you know series series Canon. uh yes <laughs> so like i kind of just want to use this section to like go over that almost now but yeah where, what can we tick off that we got right and what did we get wrong we got right that lauren came back for sure yes um we missed kind of how she would come back um I guess we're kind of seeing kind of the the um, emergence the of more of a all-out war. We've yeah. been moving in this direction for the last few books, uh, but we're still not all the way there yet. Um, it's still trying to be covert, yeah, I feel which like. is weird. Because I know that we've said before, you know, either this is going to end in a conclusive way of mm-hmm. everybody, you know, everybody gets together and fights the Yerks and there'll be a big battle and something will happen and someone will win and someone will lose or the last book is going to be and now everybody knows about the war and you have to take up arms and fight fight. right so i don't know if we're really moving the needle in one way or another here yeah which ending do you prefer at this point I think at this point I went. I want big adventure style team up ending. Me too. Um, I think I that want, would. Just, I want these yerks to go down. Yeah, I think that would just be more narratively satisfying. Because mm-hmm. I think, like for a while, we wanted we wanted the yerks to have some sort of symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. with another. But like with this few books left, I just don't know how they're gonna squeeze that in. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe if we have a Marco POV and his dad is like, I created robots and for the yerks. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. know. We'll see. It's going to feel really rushed at this point, I feel. but I almost feel like anything is going to feel rushed, though. That's the thing. I feel like the the now it's in your hands ending is the only one that won't feel rushed. Uh Because if they do a battle ending, I feel like it's just going to be the last book. And that's going Mm -hmm. to feel rushed, right? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely, we have passed the point where it's like, taking a break to reflect on what the you know the big mm-hmm. battle that's going to happen we've passed that point and we're now like digging into that so yeah I don't know I'm, I'm happy that the parents are here I'm happy that they're aware of the situation now because that does make it feel more yeah. real I'm happy um, that basically and, all of the books are changing the status quo in some way at yes, this point which is yes good, I we're think. seeing big changes um but yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time accepting that this series is going to be ending in five books I know. in the main series because it just it doesn't feel like it's ready to. So I don't know. we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we skipped morbid moment. We did. We did. It just felt like it was time for serious theories at that moment. Yes, uh, it did. What'd you the have? The Lauren Lauren bullying. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> it made me sad. Uh, and probably like the whole Jake shit, but I was gonna say the Jake shit yeah. was probably mine. I feel like, I feel like my love of Cassie has gone downhill in the the last stretch of the series. I would hope. I know we'll talk about it next week. Or next I know. Episode. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You're gonna get. Oh boy, Oof. boy, shit goes down. I, but I am starting so to mad. like Jake more, and I think that that I am too. He's maturing. I like I like dark Jake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad for him when he realized that his indecision yeah. caused his parents to be yerked. Mm-hmm. I feel like of all of the Animorphs, he kind of gets the opportunity to fail more. Like his yes. shit goes wrong more and is acknowledged as failure. Like mm-hmm. I think Cassie's shit fails a lot too, but everybody's like, it's okay, Cassie. Cassie's wonderful. And yeah. like, whenever Rachel fucks up, they're like, of course, she's so angry all the time. Right. We expected this. Whereas Jake is, is also not good. Jake has this weird thing 
of like he'll fail and everybody will be like it's okay you're the leader and he'll be like it's he'll be the one to be like it's a failure right yeah Yeah. which i like i like that about jake i do i do like that this like this jake arc too we're not seeing it from jake's point of Mm -hmm. view which makes it i think even better because i don't know i just just this if we were trapped in his head while we were having to like go through this, I think it'd be really repetitive. Yeah. Like, no, we get it, Jake. You feel bad, but which also circling back to serious theories, that might be another possible ending is just like some cryak shit with cryak and the Elmist and Jake, and just yeah. Jake having to make some sort of decision. Yes, because I think we do. We get that in this book or the or the next one where there, we basically are reminded like cryak only hates you, Jake. That's um, the next. You book. are cryak's worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the next book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll talk about that in the next book. But yeah, I agree. I think I think there's def- there definitely has to be something, Elemis versus Cryak that has to come back mm-hmm. and uh, be dealt with. So, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, cool. Uh, so that was this book. Next week, we are going to be reading the first book in our new literary or uh, literary slummer submitted unit from uh, Kate, a fellow podcaster over at All the Good Dogs, uh, mm-hmm. who suggested that we look into MLM paranormal uh, romance. And happily, what what's the first one we're doing for that? I know we already. Um, so we're going to be starting or kicking that off with Among the Living by Jordan Castillo Price. And then the week after that, we will be back with another Morph Monday with Animorphs number fifty, the ultimate. I got my ice cream delivery. In the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, if you have any predictions about how the Animorphs series is going to shake out at the end, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. Theories only. No spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, my God. If you send us a spoiler, I'm going to delete you from the internet. Mm-hmm. Swear. Mm-hmm. I will do that. I have that power. Yep. <laughs> As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because if you don't, again, I will just delete you from the internet. (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right. Because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. Or you'll be deleted from the internet. Or you'll be deleted from the internet. It's a very serious threat. In the words of K.A. Applegate, you do not know me, he said, but I am a juvenile, I am a juvenile delinquent. I do not trust authority figures. I probably will not graduate from high school, and statistics say my present rowdiness and vandalism will likely lead to more serious crimes. I am a dangerous fellow, and I am causing mayhem in this store. <laughs> I love acts sometimes. It's so good. So good. There, I have now shamelessly destroyed the symmetry of this shelf, undoing hours of labor by unpaid, underpaid store employees. If you could see me, you would be frightened. <laughs> That's so brutal. If you could see me, you would be frightened, Axe. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's yeah, get into let it. me. Sorry, I'm cleaning off my glasses. I need to clean mine, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty lens life. It's usually me. I usually have all kinds of crap all over my lenses, but sometimes... I simply cannot remember to put my glasses cleaner. Same. In a I have place... like five of them. Yeah, and they're just everywhere, but I never know where they are. <laughs> Every time I see them, I'm like, I'll remember that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> 
this will be a good place. I'll definitely know where this is. Yes. I do that with my keys too. And I was literally Mm -hmm. almost late to work because I had to look for my keys. And the place where they were was on the floor in front of my table. Like, and then I remembered, like I had put them there when I came home last night and was like, yeah, I'll definitely remember that. Why would I remember that? That's an (laughs) insane. Why would I remember that I hid them from myself? (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Oh, brains. 